Hello and welcome to the Girls Run Club, the podcast for run-happy women who need a little help finding their stride. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Girls Run Club. This podcast is intended for the everyday runner who might be looking for some relatable insight into the world of running. In preparation for my first ever marathon, I will be here asking all of the questions that we learner runners might need answered. In this series, I will be joined by various guests from every corner of the running community where we will discuss all the topics from race day to fueling efficiently to the mindset behind running, and much more. But just quickly, before we start, my name is Alex and I've been a personal trainer for several years now. After falling out of love with the gym, I took up running, much to my surprise. I've started this podcast to talk about subjects that never even crossed my mind when I started running and hope that it could help someone else. Now, let's break down all of those fancy running terms, discuss all of the highs and lows, and get stuck in to the next episode of the Girls Run Club. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Girls Run Club, where today I am joined by the amazing Emily Jackson, otherwise known as Emily in the Outdoors on social media. From marathon runner to cold water dipper, Emily loves all things fitness and outdoors. Even though I don't know Emily personally, she gives off such a friendly, relatable vibe through her down-to-earth content, and I truly believe she is a fabulous ambassador to the runner community, especially for women and girls. I am honoured to have her on my podcast with me today, and I can't wait for everyone to hear from her. So let's not waste any more time and we'll get started. So Emily, how are you today? Oh, that was lovely. I mean, I was good today, but now I'm brilliant after hearing that. That was lovely. Thank you. I love just to butter people up right at the start. <laughs> yes, I'm ready to bear my soul to you, Alex. You've just, you've got me now. I've got you hooked. <laughs> I've got you hooked. You know what? I've been thinking about how, what the best way to start this podcast would be. And for anyone that doesn't know, you and I both ran the great Scottish run on Sunday um, and I'm dying to talk to you about that so I think we jump straight into that we're so hot off the heels of Sunday literally I'm still sore <laughs> I'm still in a, I'm still in pain guys so I think can you tell anyone who's listening who doesn't know already what you were up to on Sunday at the Great Scottish Run absolutely so yes I was a pacer at the Great Scottish Run on Sunday I have banged on about it on my social media for days now um but I was pacing in the pink wave for two hours 15 minutes and oh it was amazing I've been a pacer before but that's the longest distance I've done it's usually been I think it was like the women's 10k before that I was a pacer for um but it was fantastic like what a day um I was very nervous beforehand I have to say I knew I could do the the time but you're just you know people are relying on you to kind of help get them through it 
but it's a different it's a different feeling that time. I remember passing one of the pacers, the one forty, and they had like a pack around them, and I didn't have that. I had more people that ran with me for a bit, then dropped off, and I feel like that's the difference when you're different times of that race where you've got people that are just they're doing it for that accomplishment of achieving it and when they see me sometimes it's I'll try and hang on to her for a bit they're not necessarily going to stay with me the entire way which in one way it's great because I met so many lovely people including yourself Alex who gave me a nice shout yeah I was not gonna let you pass me without seeing me I was screaming your name and I heard it. I was like, hello, darling. <laughs> I was honest to God in the pits at that point. I don't know how far along that w- must have been. I was out of it, but it must have been well into the to the run that I was, because I was coming back. Yeah, so I think you're, so if, if anybody's listening who has done the Great Scottish Run before, it's slightly different. They've changed the route that you sort of went up and down Paisley Road West and we passed each other a lot going past Bellahouston Park, then Pollock Park, which in one respect is brilliant. In the other respect, it's like, I still have all that to go. You know, I'm not where you are. So I think that must have been about nine miles you passed me, I'd say. Um, Because I think think it's about eight miles coming out of the park, eight or nine. So round about there. And I mean, I don't know how you felt, Alex, but it was getting pretty hot. Had it to us so for for October, I have to say. Um, Much warmer than expected. No, I did not expect that whatsoever. I felt my face. I was cooking alive. My face felt like it was burning off. Well, I had a different feeling because I had that lovely flag on and the wind really picked up across the Kingston Bridge. So I'm trying to run and the flag is getting pushed back. So I had to run and I know this is visual. So basically I'm holding the flag above my head and pulling it towards my head so that it would stop pushing me back and all I could hear was the flapping noise <laughs> of it behind and I'm I'm thinking is this going to be like a Mary Poppins moment where I'm just waving to you all from above being like good luck everyone what is it like obviously apart from nearly taking flight running with that flag on your back so it's everybody has asked this um which is completely natural because it looks huge and cumbersome and heavy and it's not the pack is really lightweight it fits really well. It's quite square, so I'd say it's not fitted to a woman's shape. Um, but, you know, they can't cater for everything. So it's got plenty of, like, you know, these clasps and buckles, which keep it really solid, because I need it to be solid. I see some pacers and it's bouncing about, and that would drive me, for a half marathon, that would drive me bonkers. Um, and the flag itself is is pretty lightweight. The only thing is, it's like, I needed to pee before the start of the race and luckily I met this lovely couple from just outside Dublin who were standing chatting to me and he went, will I hold your flag? I went, yes, please. <laughs> they fit it in the portal, like trying to bend it. <laughs> trying to fit it. <laughs> I know, honestly, because it's huge, obviously, so you can be seen from quite a, from within the crowd and things, but yeah, it was it was just a bit, a bit much. But the next day I could feel my shoulders felt a wee bit tight probably yeah. just I think again the heat as well it's an extra it's an extra thing to carry and I wasn't able to take any water with me because I couldn't wear my pack under it so there, there was a few times where I was just where is the water station like I never thought about really researching that before I knew there would be water stations but 
with how unusually warm it was, I was like, I should have carried a bottle of water somewhere. And 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 I'm sure anybody else who probably looked at the weather forecast for Sunday was like, it wasn't that warm. But for a Scottish person and for a ginger Scottish person, I was pretty warm. <laughs> carrying a flag on your back. Carrying a flag on my back. And I had they gave me a speaker, but unfortunately it didn't work. So oh. I carried a speaker the whole way with no music. I just can't get my head around the pacing thing. I thought I had it figured out. I really didn't because all th- the pacers that were around me at the start were one hour 50, one hour 55 and two hours. Anyway, they'd all pass me by the end, but I still got a sub two hours. So I don't know where the two hour guy started. But what I was finding is, I was running along and every so often I would just hear the music getting closer behind my head and I'd be like, oh shit, they're coming, you know, speed up. It's like the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, but music form just coming. I know. The thing is, I remember I did Brighton this year and where it it was, there was like a 4.15, a 4.30 pacer. And I was just like, I'm staying ahead of that 4.30 pacer, but I ended up having to go to the loo at one point and I had to, they ended up passing me, so I had to get by them again. And it's so busy around the pacer. Like, I don't know why. And I say this as a pacer. I don't know why anybody would want to run with a pacer. I would use them more for, like, like you say, stay ahead of them or stay behind them and be like, right, don't go too fast. Because if I'm going to go in front of them, I have to keep that up. And it's right at the start or whatever. Because it's it's so congested next to a pacer. And there's a lot of people that treat them like, if I super glue myself to you, then I'll get the time I want and I actually don't need to run that close to them. And you don't always know, unless you're with them right at the start, you don't know where they started. Yes. Mm-hmm. They could have started right at the back of your of your pack or they could have started in a previous week, uh, the next wave. You know, we've had that where pacers have just been, they've not been in sync. I'm not told at the start either where to stand. I'm told to go in the pink wave, but I just put myself probably nearer the front. But I didn't know what the pink wave Mm-hmm. It could have been two hours to two forty-five for all I know. So I'm not told where to position myself. I'm just doing yeah. it. So when, when people were running me, they're like, "Oh no, I wanted to get under two fifteen. I went, "Well, I'm, remember you could have started behind me or yeah. in front of me. You know, it's it's so difficult to to work out unless you're with them from the start. It's you can't rely on it too much. I would say. Yeah, I. I could have done with a bit of better pacing because my run was terrible. I don't know if you've seen, I put up a video about this on social media, but it was a disaster from start to finish. Oh no. I know you said that your splits were inconsistent. I had seen that, but. Oh, inconsistent's not even the word. For anyone that's not got me on social media, long story short is my watch stopped working just as I was crossing the starting line. So I had no watch. Then two minutes later, my earphone fell out. Um, So I just started stressing out and I was running so fast up that first big hill. You know, I was doing like four minutes, 45 at the start, which for me is not, it's not how I should have been starting. So my splits were all over the place. So I can understand if why using a pacer to some degree would help because I completely I've never ever felt that mad at the like the last 5k I honestly I was dying did your watch not work the whole way did it just stop oh no not no not not a single second it works (laughs) oh I feel I'm I'm gutted for you because I don't know if you'd seen like the night before my watch stopped wouldn't charge 
And the one time in my life that I really need a watch is when I'm pacing mm-hmm. a race. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually ended up getting my watch to charge, but I also had a friend's watch on my belt. So I had like checking this, checking my belt. It was just, I was terrified that I was leading people the wrong way. But when you, when you are inconsistent in your splits, then you can just tire yourself out so early and you forget like, you know, you're feeling good at the start, you know, and it, I mean, it's a tough hill to go mm-hmm. up at the start, but yeah, you, you want something left in the tank um, <laughs> towards the end. And quite frankly, there was zilch left. Oh, and you've still got that stupid bridge to go over at the end. You know, that's the one thing I'm like, can they not add a bit in the course somewhere else that will just avoid you having to go over a bridge towards the end? Because I feel like once you get over that squinty bridge, which is the second last bridge, you feel like it's a straight road to Glasgow Green and then all of a sudden you're going across another bridge. Yes. It feels a bit like, what, what am I doing? Why Why have you brought in a hill? I'm trying to take the piss out of me. <laughs> Does no one know that I'm about keeled over? Have you ever finished a race and just been so unwell? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it may be unwell, but I mean, I have felt like like death. Mm-hmm. finishing um, probably my first marathon <laughs> to be honest um, but yeah I've had a few events where I've got to the end and burst into tears the whole thing has just went start to finish terribly and not really for any specific reason probably for a whole host probably how just how I was feeling that day it, it can be quite soul destroying in a way because you've put in all this effort and when you get to the end you just want to feel that elated feeling and mm-hmm. when you're just going oh, that couldn't have gone any worse you know it's difficult and, and hindsight is a great thing because you do look back and you go you know I, I just ran a half marathon or I just ran a marathon yeah. and that was great but at that time you're so consumed with this went wrong this went wrong but there's like you know thousands of people running the same time as you and you think that Nobody else cares about all those little bits. You've still got that medal at the end of it. So whenever I go and race, it's only mm-hmm. when I go and race. So my training runs, obviously, I, I take it at a nice, easy pace and whatnot. But as soon as I go on to race day and I push really hard, I feel the effects of it maybe an hour after where I am physically unwell. So I think I probably push myself to my absolute limits, probably too far I probably run too fast for what my body's at, like actually mm. capable of doing. But I'll be afterwards doubled over in pain. So I've done a little bit of research into this because I was like, nope, I'm never running again. Because it's honestly, Emily, it's so bad. But apparently, so when you're running, all the blood flow from your gut, it like leaves and, and to help your muscles, like especially your legs. So if you've got like food and whatever and and your glucose and your gels and whatever in your stomach, it can cause really bad side effects once you're finished running. Mm-hmm. So this Scottish runner decided not to eat anything like the gels and things during. So I had a little flapjack halfway through and I had my breakfast three hours in advance. And I still felt like this after it. And it's just... The weird, it's the weirdest thing and I've not met that many people who feel like that. I probably don't get that. I mean, I, I do think there is that when you finish a race, nobody ever probably hydrates properly. You're probably not eating the right things. Everybody's caught up in a 
whirlwind of emotion. Usually the next day I feel like death and it's usually dehydration more than anything. Um, the biggest thing I'd always say is just to train how you want to race. So everything should be tested before you go. So if you're doing like tempo sessions and things, that's your pace for, you know, you shouldn't be trying to run like Mo Farah speed on race day if you've never trained at that ever, even in a tempo or an interval session. So it could just be that you're pushing your body too much to the max and that's when pacing comes into it as well as actually planning your race, not just I'm just going to belt it and hope for the best and I'm just going to belt it and see if I die halfway, I'll just crawl the last 5k. It's about trying to get to the end with a smile on your face and not pushing your body to the absolute limits. I mean, I don't know if you were on the course at the time, but I mean, really sadly, like there were so many people at the sides getting help from paramedics and first aiders and even, you know, actual spectators on the course were sitting with people who had took unwell. And, you know, it's it's so frightening as well what we do to sort of combat that feeling you know people are yep. taking less water they're maybe not taking the gels not eight they've ate too far away from the actual race so they've ran out um, and all manner of things obviously can go wrong it just in general terms of health as well but yes yeah, it's it's sometimes I think it's, how much do you want it as well you want to feel good for it you spend all this money and you spend mm-hmm. all this time training like run the race push yourself but keep that one eye on the let's let's still smile through it yeah I think that's where I went wrong but then you had no watch so how do you push yourself with no watch as well for me anyway I can ask people and get advice from people who have ran marathons upon marathons but I say a lot of the time to my clients that you actually will only learn what works for you once you encounter the mistakes that you make in the first, like, I'm not not hugely experienced at all with running or on race day. That was my third official race Mm -hmm. day half marathon. I've been not well after everyone, but I think I'm starting to understand why for anyone who's just kind of starting out and for myself going into doing a marathon, I'm finishing the half marathon thinking, how am I going to feel after a full marathon if this is how I'm feeling after a half? But I do totally agree with what you were saying. And my first full marathon is going to be about getting to the end. You're so right. Like you can only learn as you go. You'll learn what your 5K, your 10K, your half marathon, your marathon pace is. Like they're all not the same because you can't physically run that speed for each of them, the way you would, you know, 5K and marathon are completely different, you know. So it's, I always say to people, I, I met a lovely girl, an American girl on Sunday, and she was doing her, she's doing her first marathon, I think, next year, some Disney one, which sounds amazing. She's not dressing up though, shame. But I was, she was like, any tips? And I was like, look, you don't know how to run a marathon until you've run a marathon. Like, just enjoy it. Take it as a like, the biggest training experience because for most marathons they cost a lot of money and they take a lot of your time so don't don't do what I did and worry so much about your time that you ruin the feeling after and it's only now I can look back and be like oh I ran London and oh that was great and I saw this and that but at the time 
I was just so consumed with miles and time that I didn't see that bigger picture. But then who does? It's all it's all so easy to look back and be like, oh, yeah, just just enjoy it. <laughs> I used to be, well, I am, I'm a personal trainer and I used to train people in the gym and they would, I would say you would have a warm up weight, a working weight and like your top set. And -hmm. people would say, but how do you know, how do you know what weight to do for each of those? And it's only through trial and error and it's only through gaining experience that you know, I can do X amount of reps at X like weight and that's my working weight. And I um I get excited in trying to figure that out with my running. It's difficult. There's so much. I mean, social media is amazing, but it's also the own downfall of watching what everybody else's paces are. And, you know, you'd look at somebody and think, well, I should be, I'm younger or I'm fitter and I should run faster than that. But you're not there yet or you may never be there. But it's just about going at your own your own pace the easy run is the biggest lesson to learn out of everything because everybody runs their easy runs too fast so it's when you look at things as it could Chogi had put out what he runs at an easy pace and it's like three to four minutes slower than he would run a race you know so you have to look at it in the ratio of your time and be like do you want to appear at your marathon tired then then run your easy runs at pace but if you want to run a proper marathon and be like, I'm ready, I'm ready to go, run your easy run, super easy. And I remember I had a coach years ago who was like, run your easy runs and your recovery runs at the, basically at a pace you would be embarrassed for people to see you because then you're really running easy because mm-hmm. you're you're breathing, you're, you don't open your mouth when you're breathing, you're, all this nasal breathing, all that is a good way to like pace your easy run because see if you're having to open your mouth and gasp, you're running too fast yeah you know it's all about just training your heart rate I mean there's so much you can look into and it is a minefield I mean sometimes it gets too much because you just want to go out and run sometimes you just want to run and yeah. not look at your watch but when you're doing those big big long runs and stuff it's it's really important to to remember that it's not about your pace you're not getting to the end of an 18 mile training run and being like huh, smashed it like, look at that pace you're like why are you running at pace then save it for me I don't tend to run for time for me I think I've done a couple of half marathons already and so I knew knew I could already run the distance I really wanted that time and I was when I started my 14 week training block I said I'm going to set out with that in my head and as it was getting closer and closer I thought you know it's not going to happen comfortably at all I'm just going to see on the day how, how I feel and obviously it was just it was just under, but that was me knocking eight and a half minutes off my last half half marathon time. It's it's amazing, but it's also not smart. It wasn't bright and I paid consequences for it afterwards. So even though I have done it, I'm almost glad that I've done it and I've experienced that kind of horrible journey throughout the race because it is a lesson learned is what it is yeah and you've you can only learn those lessons when you have bad races that's there's I think they say something like there's no such thing as a bad race you know it's just a lesson to learn and you just carry it and you move on and you'll do it again you'll do something daft again we all do it I do it you know I don't learn after all these years of running so but it was it was so nice I mean I thought you looked great when you passed and you're like Emily (laughs) 
That is too funny because my friend seen me at the fake finish line, I'll call it. What, the, the big G? So that's the Commonwealth Games. Oh, yeah, this has moments of, it's because it's not a finish straight. I mean, you have to go around it to finish. Yeah, there's times where you're like, could they not <laughs> try? Although years ago, I did the Great Scottish Run and you went in the Glasgow Green and you kind of went round the green a bit. Like you kind of snake through it. Worse. That was worse. Yeah, <laughs> that was worse. But yeah, that's a bit, especially when you've got everything in you, try to get to that finish line. There's a big monument in the way. I was honestly nearly hopping the fence and just climbing over it because I was like, I can't. But the the moral of that story was my friends also seen me and said, oh my God, you look great. And I was like, are you? I honestly, Emily, I cannot tell anyone how bad I was feeling inside. Oh, like no. I felt like I, I felt ten tons heavier than I've never felt like that. I've never ever felt like that, even on my first half marathon. N- n- nope. Oh my god, really? <laughs> I had to lie on the ground, and my friends had to come and rescue me. Oh, I mean, I have, I've, I've almost like puked at the end and things like that. See that last push when you just don't think anything's physically possible. This this time round, I was great. I was like, I was ahead of my time. So I was, I think I was about 2.14 when I got there. So I had like, maybe like just under a minute. So I just sort of danced about towards the finish line, screaming at people to like... I seen you. I was watching yeah. you. That's right. You could see it in that great video. And, uh, and that was great. So I think I finished the race the best I've ever felt because obviously I had like a minute just to sort of compose myself at the end and then finished but yeah I was like passing people going he's all right (laughs) did you forget that moment of just that last push one of one of my friends she was in the wave the pink wave and she was just behind you for the majority of the time and and she she knows who you are from social media so she had said prior to going in she was like I'm gonna try and keep up with Emily she's doing you know she's pacing two hours 15 and just after I passed you I passed her um I think she was you finished in front of her but she she meant she was uh, I think she got two hours and 12 or something so she'd started quite a bit further back but um it was just it was so nice I was I was like to when I passed her Emily's just she's just there I was like (laughs) Oh, oh, that's lovely. Because there was a girl that said thanks. I mean, a few people. Did, I mean, that's the thing. It's so overwhelming because you're just like, you know, I'm just running. Yeah. I don't really feel it. it's lovely to kind of give something back because I've been at so many events, and somebody did, and I did recognise her from being around me at different points of the race. Um, but it's so strange. I mean, I don't know, Alex. You get it? Like, a girl came up and she's like, "I follow you on social media," and I'm going, "Oh my god." <laughs> Like I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I get that sometimes, but just like um, we live in such a small town, so like I think people just just know because it's hardly yeah. anyone that lives here. But no, that yeah, I can imagine because I even get a bit embarrassed because I'm like, oh, what do they think of me? <laughs> well, this is it. And then it's like my daughter yesterday. She's yeah, she's nine. She was walking about with a phone case, and she's like, "Join me, Emily, in the outdoors as I go and walk around my house." And I'm like. Shut up, shut up. Look, even my kids are slagging me. This is this is fun. But it's um but it was it was lovely and like I had put on social media that I was going to be a pacer, so it was it was really nice. Like I had people come up to me at the start being like, 
like they maybe commented on the the post so it was really nice to see them going I'm just going to try and keep you inside yeah. I'm like hey, you know you're just trying to kind of watch like swap wisdom stories of going look just take it easy up that hill I should have spoke to you about that beforehand but I was like use that hill as the ultimate pacer you know just mm-hmm. slow right down you've got the whole race to to run fast mm-hmm. um but it was it was it was a great like it's a great feeling like the, I would do it again absolutely because it was so nice to give give something back and I mean I still got my I'm tapering for a marathon so I still got my run yeah so it selfishly it worked in two ways for me I got to give something back get a free entry into a race free t-shirt yay and uh, you know I got to do a bit of a like a taper run but at a bit more of a pace than I probably yeah. would have done on mm-hmm. that run so it was tick 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 <laughs> an amazing day and the Scottish crowds were just they were great oh they, they were good it's different the the route is different and there's you used to go through a different area in Glasgow like um see when it, it got to like Pollock Park you used to enter it from a different way and you'd go through maybe a little more houses and stuff and there was maybe a bit more atmosphere so Paisley Road West is a bit of a dull road mm-hmm. um, and that's a big stretch that goes up and you're coming back down it as well to then head over towards the river and it's a bit I'd say just a bit grey mm-hmm. you know it's it's just an industrial road that you know it just feels like it goes on forever and it's much hillier I drive that road quite a bit I never think it's a hill until you run it. Yeah, especially when you're in the pits and you're oh. going to pass away real real soon, like I was. And I had moments like that, like in Pollock Park, it was quieter. And I definitely, because the thing is, it's easy on social media and in person to be like, oh my God, it was amazing, like from start to finish. And it was 90%, but it was 10% that I was like, I could just lie down. It's too warm for me. Um, I was grabbing, I was grabbing like two bottles of water to throw one over me and and drink one because it was it was just warm but seeing some of the crowds and I knew so many people I mean I did say to somebody at one point I went I don't know everybody I swear I think I'm just recognizable with this flag on my back and but because we're past each other everybody was like Emily 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 and I'm going oh hi (laughs) it's such a nice feeling that though it's lovely it's lovely but also because I was so dehydrated I couldn't say the person's name like I saw you and I think I started just being like, hi, darling, hi, girl, whatever, because I couldn't think quick enough because you were passing me so quick. I'm going, who was that? <laughs> yeah. What's the, where's the water? <laughs> if someone asked me my own name at certain points, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you that. Well, absolutely. They say that with like the, the cold water swimming, like the, when you're really cold and stuff. Like if somebody was to ask you a lot of questions, you would speak slower. You would You would struggle because your brain's your oh, everything's working to keep mm-hmm. you going so it mm-hmm. can't do everything you can, your brain can't be on fire like ask you know, answering mastermind questions you know what's your name <laughs> but you're trying your best pass yeah pass on that one I was do I, I always do this when just before I start speaking to you and I will go down to the very very bottom of your Instagram I'll go down to the, the to the to the very bottom and I try and work out where Emily underscore in the outdoors began. So for anyone who hasn't been weird and just crept to the bottom of your Instagram, tell me where the running began when you first ever started running. Okay, so as a before 
I have another Instagram account that was that's now private, but um, the reason I switched from it was like Emily Jackson to Emily in the Outdoors was because my kids are getting older and they don't want them on. They don't want to be on social media and everything's already supposedly. Um, so if their old pictures were on there, so I moved. That's why my account. When you said you scrolled to the bottom, I was like, that wouldn't take that long. It didn't take that long because it's only been activated since last December. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that was the kind of reason that it's it's relatively new. But in terms of running, um, I've been running for about, say, about 17, 18 years. And I'm 38 now, so there, there's the math. And uh, I started running basically as like a lot of people do to lose a bit of weight. I had just met my, well, now my husband, but my boyfriend at the time. And you go out for meals and, you know, you stay in and you eat huge family-sized cheesecakes together and all this stuff. And you notice things coming on. Running, again, just seemed like a good idea. You could do it yourself. You didn't have to go to the gym. You know, you could do whenever. But at the time, I mean, I did have a mobile phone. I mean, it wasn't the dark ages, but I don't really remember having, like, apps or anything. So I don't even know if Couch to 5K was a thing. It probably could have been. But all I did was I had this little iPod shuffle. (laughs) And I used to go out and I'd be like, but I was like, I'm going out. And I, I lived in Claybank at the time. And I thought, I'll run for a song and then walk. Alex, I couldn't even get to the end of the first verse. I didn't know if the verse had started yet, but I had to walk. It was that bad. And there's nothing more humbling than running to tell you, you thought you were fit. <laughs> Think again. <laughs> so I was just, I just did that. I basically, I had a route. It was, it was kind of like out my house and back and I think it maybe was about 3K or something. And the one thing and the other thing I love about running is you see your progress really quickly. So I went out and I couldn't run for that song. I could barely run to the lamppost and I would get to like the street and then walk, run into the traffic lights and then walk. But like the week after, two weeks after, I was like, I don't need to stop the first time now. I can keep going. And I think that's where the running bug just started was that I was like, not that I was necessarily good at it, but I loved seeing the the difference in, in coming along. It was different back then. There was lots of events, but like probably not the same like social media buzz. I think yeah, Facebook was about. I mean, I'm I've talked like I'm about 110. You're not a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm not a dinosaur, but I'm just trying to think. I'm like, how did I even know about events? And I think it was just like word of mouth. The women's 10k was a huge thing, bigger than it was that is than it is now like it's popular now but back in the day it used to be like the evening times like all the pages of results and pictures and it was just a huge big event and I think that was one of my first 10ks and <laughs> you used to get a cotton t-shirt when you when you signed up and they'd send it to you prior to this and I wore that <laughs> for my first 10k and if anybody is I'm sure you are a runner listening to this don't run in cotton for goodness sake like it's the worst thing to run in and I look terrible I look like a wee teletubby I was just like a big square with a big red face at the end but I was so chuffed like I'd got like an hour and ten and I was like I did it you know it was amazing so yeah that's how it started. So were you posting your running stuff on your kind of personal page and then decided because of your kids just to switch it over and make it just about the running stuff? Yeah I mean I think I probably had like a Facebook and Instagram, like when everybody started getting Facebook and Instagram and you would add it as and when. Um, but then like 
your Facebook and Instagram is filled with family and school friends and work friends and stuff. And you realise that, do they want to see all that? Towards the end of last year, I was starting to like get to know more folk with the running. And so, I mean, I've been, so to go back, I moved to be with, like, moved with my, and with my boyfriend stroke husband. And uh, I joined the running club, Bellhouse and Harriers, to, to sort of meet people in that area. And so I got this massive running community from that. And I was a member for years, like 10 years or something like that. I was secretary, I was president, I became a coach, all this kind of stuff. That's amazing. And then COVID hit and I took a step back and I was like, I don't know if a club is for me anymore. Then I joined another club when lockdown kind of eased and stuff. And again, I think I was like, I feel like I'm starting to find a running community online. And then my daughter, she was in first year in high school she was a bit like, oh, some of my friends have found your, some of my friends, more like boys in my class have found your Instagram account and they can see old pictures of me and can you not, can you make it private? And I was like, no, I don't want to make my Instagram private. So I was like, right, I'll make a new one. And it was a bit of a, I've had to take some stick from my pals. Like they are so supportive, but they just slagged me for it. Like just going, oh, there's Emily in the outdoors coming. But I had to do that sort of, right brand new account I want to really document what I'm doing because I find loads of inspiration from social media and from Mm -hmm. people I've met online and that became like actual proper you know people I can touch friends you know (laughs) you know meet strangers folk but uh it was it's definitely been a really good thing because like I say I've done all the running clubs and stuff mm-hmm. and I feel like I've just I'm at just a different point in my running now where it's a bit of a giving something back as well because I think I'm no expert at all but I've got enough experience that I think I can I can use that to sort of bring people to my account and be like share how you're feeling and try to be as honest as possible so I do think I get, like I say, I get a lot from watching and um, watching people's accounts. That sounds a bit creepy, but I get a lot from what people are going through and what they're training for, and also ideas. Like there's some races and events you never would know about if somebody no. you know that lives to, you know up north doesn't post about. It, and you think, oh, interesting. You yeah, know, I'd never think of doing that. So the only reason I bring up your social media is because it's such and I'm not even just saying this but what I said at the start was really really true it's such a good account and I feel like it's one that I'll never skip I'm I'm quite a social media person that's probably where I've got more experience in the social media side than I do the actual running side so I love looking on people's pages and what they look like and what they're saying. And my favorite pages are the ones that are so obviously them. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to come across differently on social media by mistake or on purpose. But I, you can tell with certain accounts, and I believe yours, that you're just so authentically yourself. I approached you to come on my podcast very easily. I wasn't like, oh. And I'm like, yes. But then I like I feel the same as you. And I'm so glad that you feel that way about mine because that is really what I want. I see a lot of stuff online and I know that we can't tell everything online and, and you have to have something for yourself. But I feel a lot of people are like, oh, what you see online isn't always like real life. And you go, 
I don't want my account to be like that. I would rather just be like, do you know what, guys? I am struggling. When yesterday morning, no, yesterday morning, what day is this Wednesday? Monday morning, I got the text that my accommodation for the Yorkshire Marathon was cancelled. And honest to God, at one point I went, good. (laughs) Because I'm at that stage of marathon training that I thought I could honestly just not do this. But then it all gets sorted and I know I'm all excited about it and it'll be great. But I would rather just be like, you know, I'll do a post about it and be like, this has been, there's been moments of just up and down, you know, events are great, but they also, you can plummet right after them. And that's what I feel like, that's what I want to try and get across on my social media is, yeah, it's great doing all these things, but it's also normal to feel like this after it, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't go right or it doesn't go how you expect and things, because that's when I think people feel quite alone after yeah. things like that is mm-hmm. I didn't feel the same like everybody's entering all these races and loving life and I hate it you know it's it's good to see different sides we can't all be the same person and I think that's why yesterday I felt it was important to put up that video because even though I hit the time in my heart I feel like I didn't I didn't achieve it in a healthy enjoyable way I know me and you as we've spoken about before that the time thing isn't isn't a huge isn't a huge thing to us and after Sunday it's even less of a thing to me now because of how I feel after it. For my like to, to sound like not to say that I felt the same, but like after London Marathon, I did that ten years ago. And again, we didn't have the same social media was there, but like not the same kind of thing the way it is now. And I just had it in my head. I was gonna get four and a half hours and all I had to do was run twenty six miles. And that's all I focused on in training. It's all I focused on on the day. And it all went wrong. And, you know, I felt gutted at the end. Like, I've finished in five hours in a minute. Now, there is nothing wrong with that time at all. I got the same medal as everybody else. I ran the London Marathon. I always have that star, you know, that way. But I couldn't help see the way I felt. I just felt awful. And I didn't soak up the experience. And I didn't remember how awesome it would be to run across Tower Bridge. I just was like, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate mm-hmm. it. That's my steps, you know, hate it, hate it, hate it. This was terrible. And then I didn't do a marathon for four years. And I did it because my friend Karen at the time had went, please run this with me. We'll have a great time. And I was like, I really don't want to. But I decided that I was going to do it. And I said, the only thing I want to do is to finish with, like finish smiling. I don't want to finish hating myself pretty much and achieved it. And I think that's where I turned the corner on running was it became much more about like, you know, all that money spent, all that time training. Like, What's the point if you're mm-hmm. going to hate it? There's a delicate balance. Yes, a PB is always fantastic, but you have to sort of balance out and go, what do I want from this? Is this a once in a lifetime opportunity? Sometimes like, things like London are you know, or marathons can be, you know, you might just go like, this was too much time. Mm. I'm going to do this and enjoy it because the chances are I might not do another one for a long time or ever. So mm. how do you want that to go? And yes. that's, that's now how I'm thinking about these events now, because yeah, it can ruin it. Like you say, you got the PB, but the race itself feels a bit of a letdown. Yeah, for me, I'm, I will always remember the kind of negative side over the positive side of that race I think which is that that race was definitely the kicker for me and I think I needed it going into Mm -hmm. my first marathon which is going to be Edinburgh and 
I think before Sunday, I was thinking, right, then I'll get in January, I'll get my plan and I'm going to go for, I would love to do it in this time, that time. But as soon as I came out of Sunday doing that half marathon, I have completely switched how I'm going to train for that marathon. I just want to cover the distance. I don't want to even think about splits. I just want to cross the line and be like I've just finished a marathon yeah. and I'm not going to be sick because it's <laughs> I don't get that's how you should feel because it's an amazing achievement see when you look at it now you think 26 miles when you do a half marathon you think that's only half yeah <laughs> you know I need to run imagine you had to run back the way imagine they turned you at the start they finish Alex and went right back you go to George you would just be like are you kidding but I think you're doing that's a great way to go into it and like you say it's your first marathon there is and I know I've said it before you can't you don't know how to run a marathon until you've run one your training could go amazing you don't know how the day will go you need like five plans you know have your your A your B your C and all the rest of them and then at least you've got you don't fall apart on the day if you don't make that goal you you have other goals whereas if it's all focused on a time then, you know, I've seen people drop out of races. I've seen people drop out of like 5Ks when it hasn't started to go well. And it's like, oh, my first two splits were terrible. I'm, it's not going to happen. And I think, I don't want to be that kind of runner. No. It's all it's all gone. And after you've seen that about finishing the half marathon on Sunday, that's kind of how I feel. I was so elated to finish. I was so happy. I had such a great time for most of it. And I thought, I want Yorkshire to be like that. Because I'll never run Yorkshire again. The chances are very slim. You know, there's too many marathons in the world to just go to the same one over and over again. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, let's let's enjoy it. Why am I going to, you know, head down, run and just be like, not soak up the atmosphere, talk to people. That's, that's what I thrive on. Mm-hmm. It's all that atmosphere. I feel like I've shifted my gear like you have and how I'm going to treat this marathon. And this Yorkshire marathon's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? A week on Sunday, so the 15th of October. What number of marathon is this for you? I think this is number 10. (gasps) Double digits. Double digits, I know. But I'm definitely taking a break after this one. Although I'm an ambassador for Edinburgh, so I will be at Edinburgh. I cannot wait to talk to you about this. For my first ever marathon... You are one of the ambassadors for the event. So how how does this come about and what, for anyone who's listening, what does it entail to be an ambassador for an event? So, well, I'm, an, I'm sort of an ambassador for Yorkshire, or I think they called it a marathon motivator. Um, and I got that through training with Coopa, the running app. But um, for Edinburgh, they asked for applicants. So I just applied um, and they asked for like a day in the life video. <laughs> Which, when you record something like this, you think, my day is really boring. (laughs) (laughs) I spend a lot of time tidying up. (laughs) I have two kids and a husband. I spend a lot of time picking up stuff. So, um, and then they got in touch to say that, you know, I was successful and I could enter. And they just sort of give you, it's really easy going, as in, they sort of give you a rough plan of, we'd like you to post at least once a month, you know, a mixture of, whether it's reels or photos or whatever, but really just they can then pinpoint to you about how you're getting on during your marathon and your marathon training. And also we're all at different levels. So my friend Alison, the Scottish marathon girl, she's an ambassador. There's quite a few others. We're all at different paces. We're all doing the races for different reasons. 
And it's to sort of give everybody has someone they could maybe identify with in terms of what they're looking to get out of the marathon as well. But I've ran it before. I really liked Edinburgh. It's always roasting. So if you're doing a barbecue at any time and it may make it the Edinburgh weekend because it is always a hot weekend. My second half marathon was in Edinburgh and we started at eight. So if anyone's looking to do the half marathon or the marathon in Edinburgh, the half starts really early. It starts at eight. I think it's the same next year. And then the marathon starts at 10. And even at eight o'clock, half eight, nine, it was scorching hot. Like it was so hot. I think it was one of the hottest days of the year. We spoke about people dropping like flies in Edinburgh. Oh my goodness. I felt like every hundred meters, I felt like there was someone sitting out. I know because we were at Port Seton sort of area. Um, I was through with Alison and Ryan's wife. She and obviously Ryan go by, but we knew quite a few others that were running. And you did, you just seen people that were like sitting at the sides or, you know, not looking great, you know, and you think, I'm roasting standing here. And, you know, not that you're saying this to the runners as they pass, but you think, but it's warm, like that's that's warm to run in. And especially if you've been training really hard and you maybe are going for a time, the heat for, you know, for a Scottish person, we're not ready. You train for like, for a spring marathon, especially up here, you're training in the winter, the ice, the snow, the horizontal rain, and then you get to London, you get to Edinburgh, whatever, and it's Scorchio, you know, <laughs> you're going, good God, like how do you, how do you adapt? It's an absolute stinker of a hill in that course as well. People were getting their walking poles out. <laughs> in Edinburgh. <laughs> it's about when it's like the out and back towards that house. I think that's when everybody hates it. I'm like, I really like that. But it is a really well supported route. I mean, there is parts of it that can't be because it is just sort of out and back along this mm-hmm. road. But the good thing about the half marathon is that it's, you know, it finishes first and you find a lot of people hang about. Mm-hmm. to watch the marathon mm-hmm. um and you go through a lot of little towns as well which is which is nice I thought Portobello was gorgeous you know and it was a nice day last year as well when I did it um mm-hmm. although I was looking at the sea going I could just go in there for a swim yeah you like dipping in the water I do like dipping in the water that water would have been a bit warm in comparison to what you usually do yeah yeah I do prefer much colder water cold water dipping is a term um I mean, I, I do try and go for a little swim about. I don't, I find it harder just to sit in it. And uh, last year we did a dip a day, me and my friend Annika in December. Uh, we raised money for Parkinson's and we thought, right, we're going to do this. We're going to go in the water in our swimming costumes. I mean, at that point we really didn't, we always just swam in wetsuits outside. And we were like, we can't dry a wetsuit every day. So we'll just go in. And one day it was like proper, like it was freezing. And we had to like chip the ice in this reservoir up in Paisley. Now I had, my husband was like, here's my hammer, don't lose it. And I was like, I'm not going to lose it. I'm just going to like hit the ice and it'll start breaking apart. No, it was like chips, like tiny bits that were coming away. It was, it took us ages and it got to a point we just basically made like, it was like a keyhole shape to into this reservoir. And we just got in as far as we could possibly go and just sat in it. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Because see, not moving in cold water is so difficult. Plus the fact that we'd stood there for about 25 minutes hammering ice to try and get in. I'm a bit of a wimp, but I would I would definitely... There's ways to start. So I used to do, like for marathon training, 
that's what I use. I've got an ice bath, like I've got a cold water tub outside. But I used to use that. See, after when I was training for Brighton, I would come in and just go straight. As soon as I was a basis, I just used to go in my knickers and just go into my back garden and just right into the tub. And I swear, I definitely, it definitely helps legs. Like, see all the, reduces all that inflammation. Not for too long. So that's my big thing about the dipping thing is, is folk start to do this. Did eight minutes, did 12 minutes. And I'm like, stop about that. Yeah, get your watch off. I know, get your watch, get a grip. <laughs> like, just get in and then just get out for marathon training, big long runs. Oh, it's, it's brilliant for your leg. I know, star. I'll start dipping. You must have plenty of little reservoirs down where you are oh there's loads i've got a paddleboard so I, I i like doing that i love my paddleboard i am shit though oh we need to go paddleboarding together i'm okay like so i love Loch Lomond paddleboarding and i'm i'm very much a social paddleboarder as in yeah let's just go for a wee paddle have a sit in a chat or whatever i'm not like ready for adventure paddling mm-hmm. around scotland or anything like that i'm too scared of sea paddling just in case like a seal jumps on my board jumps on your board <laughs> just just slithers on there <laughs> is that what they do slither a seal does not slither that's a snake <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that's sort of the reason i'm not for doing that and then then if i fell in the, the sea any jellyfish but i do love a bit of paddle boarding it's oh it's great being on the water but not having to get cold is, is yeah. also good as well unless you're like me and fall in because you're so bad <laughs> so you get your cold water dip then yeah that's true two and one I, I definitely going into the to the first marathon i've decided i'm going to train with cooper good great and i'm going to give myself months now i'm not going to start until jan i'm going to obviously keep running my heart is trail running oh i love trail running so yeah. i'm going to do some trails through from now till December, I'm going to... It's a scary thing starting to train for a marathon because I've heard people say you can get yourself through a half marathon, but a marathon is different. You have to give up so much more time. Genuinely pretty nervous. Quite, It's daunting to start. And I think a lot of people will feel like that. And I think that'll be the thing that puts people off doing it is the training part. Yeah. Oh, definitely, because it's, it's 16 weeks, usually, a training plan. But... The only thing I would ever say to folk is just don't be starting from scratch. Like, don't wake up and be like, I'm just going to do a marathon this year. Like, I'm always like, be comfortable with like between six and eight miles, like a 10k or something. Be comfortable with that distance so you're not starting from nowhere because it's harder. Like, you, you get your first 16 week plan. And it's like week one, run eight miles. And you go, what? <laughs> so it's what you're doing is right, is you're not just stop and running and then be like I will recommence in January it's like you just keep yourself ticking over so that the fitness is still there yeah it can be so overwhelming but there's so many people that do them now that you really can find your person your people your your group your community everywhere that everybody will tackle it a different way but you just you need to be realistic I mean we're not athletes as in this is not our job and I get I'm guilty of this that I would spend so much time worrying about fitting in a run or, oh my God, I missed that run. If you miss a run, just move on. Don't tack it on somewhere else. Don't try and fit it in somewhere else. Just leave it. Just forget about it because Mm -hmm. you're just going to give yourself even less time. But we've got all got busy lives. We're all working. We're all doing our stuff. Like it's, it's to try and keep it real as well. That's, 
that's my biggest tip because it can be very overwhelming especially when you see these plans and Cooper's mm-hmm. good for you can tell it I want to run four times a week don't give me any more than that you know or three times a week and it'll set your plan it'll set your paces it'll give you a mixture of sessions and stuff sends it all to your watch your Strava whatever and it can be so much easier and it takes the stress out of planning yeah. as well because that's the other thing if you've if you've not got a clue which you know loads of us don't you need somebody and you not everybody can afford an expensive coach no this is a much more you know pocket you know coaching your pocket yeah keeping you right but also just keep it in mind that you know you're doing the best you can mm-hmm. like you know if you get unwell life happens yeah but I say this and then I'm my own worst critic if something happens and somebody will go what would you tell me if it was me I'd be like shush don't I don't need that kind of logic <laughs> my other thing is I have never trained through the winter oh okay yeah not expecting the best things I- I'm gonna th- it's gonna be tough and I can imagine it's gonna be really tough to try and get out if it has to be at night time and it's dark at five o'clock and you need to do a long run and it- what's your experience been like over the winter I mean I've been a, I mean a, I've been a runner a long time so mm-hmm. I'd say I'm quite motivated to get out but when I was a younger runner, running clubs where you're saving grace in terms of that, meeting people and them. So you don't want to let them down. So if you're going to a club session, at least you're running with people and it's all organised, you know what's going to happen, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's the people you meet through running. And at least then if you're doing, not everybody will be training for a marathon, so they might not join you for a 13-mile run. But what I used to do was run for a bit and then meet somebody. And then that would, one, give me a reason to get there, but also, like, it just gave you that, it sort of forces you out the door because you're making plans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where you don't want to run. There's t- you know, right now I'm talking to you and I can hear rain battering on my window and I'm like, I need to run today. This does not, you know, I washed my hair yesterday. <laughs> like, I can't be bothered getting soaking again. I've not washed mine since Sunday, just letting everyone know. It still looks good. Um, that's the thing with marathon training. I'm sure Ryan, where he's always, what was he like, Gandhi on your first podcast? What you were going to say, it, like Ryan with all his hair. I was like, Emily, you taking the piss? <laughs> yeah, definitely no hair. But it's like he said, it's it's all that commitment you need to put in to marathon training. Like, yes, don't give yourself the hardest time, but you also do need to show up. So if you're going to do a marathon, you're going to do some sort of event stick to your training plan as much as possible yeah sometimes it won't be great but I guarantee every time you come in from a run yeah you'll be soaking you might be a bit cold but I bet you'll feel bloody brilliant for doing it and it's that kudos that comes with getting out there and folk go oh my god you're running that you're like yeah and you can flip your hair back and be like yeah I did and you've done nothing. I remember standing in an office one time looking out and we had these big windows in Queen Street and I was like looking outside and it was proper see that rain it just comes straight down there's no wind it's just proper like like four winds in a funeral romantic movie rain and I was just like I really want to go out and run in that and somebody just went like you're so weird yeah yeah to tell me something I don't know but also that's the way you'll be like you'll be like oh, I just love that feeling you've just got to get out and do it it's the same as the summer bite the bullet get outside Yes, without sounding like, yeah, you just have to. Sometimes you go, look, if you're going to wait for a nice day, then move somewhere else. (laughs) 
on a plane. Yeah, get on a plane, move to Lanzarote and train out there. But if you're going to be in Scotland, you're going to probably predominantly do for a spring marathon, you're running in miserable weather. So it's mm-hmm. just suck it up and, and get out there. But you will feel good for it. But you've got your running club now as well, haven't you? So that's a great mm-hmm. a great thing for people to, to come to. And there's so many opening, like Glasgow, I've got quite a few now. There's obviously like Windsor, Edinburgh and all that and all over the country. But like, it's great seeing these things because it gives people that opportunity to come out and actually run with somebody else. I actually seen something on Instagram yesterday saying that running clubs are the new Tinder. <laughs> yeah, you do hear that, like a lot of people finding each other. And the guy was like, speak to someone and then if you don't like them, up your pace. <laughs> I was like, oh, savage. <laughs> it's savage. No. <laughs> See, for me, I'm like, I'm so glad my husband's not a runner. Could you imagine how boring would be? <laughs> we both talked about running all the time but also then how little I'd get to do because we'd fight of her, over who gets to do what event where yeah. he's like he's he's very encouraging to go go and speak to your running friends go out with your running friends just don't talk to me about running unlike your husband I could literally listen to you talking about running all day however I have got the five golden questions to ask you I'm ready. I haven't revised because I meant to go back on and go remind myself what the five golden questions are. And I thought, no, do you know what? Just be spontaneous. Right, let's do it. Number one, please, can you recommend a running product that you love right now? (laughs) She should have revised. God damn it. (laughs) Do you know, there's so many. There's so many. I suppose it depends what you're running for. But I would say my Salomon Active Vest is the best thing I've ever had in terms of being able to train for a longer distance. So it's got every pocket you ever need in life. You can make it a bladder. You can make it two water bottles at the front. It holds everything. Um, and it's it comes in a woman's fit, which I love. I'm very much about how it fits on a woman's body as well because we're so different and built different from men and a lot of things are made unisex but it's a terrific product quite mm-hmm. good value for money because you probably have one and never need another so it's perfect for marathon to ultra beginner ultra distance and stuff but I absolutely love it I think I have that I've got I've definitely got a version of that and a lot of the girls have it and I think it that it's the investment it is it's an investment it's a total and don't get me wrong, I bought mine off of Vinted, so I'm much, I'm very much a, can I get this cheaper? I've never really got along well with a belt. I always either feel like they, they hit off a certain part of my hip or they just never sit right. And I just found that this is a... A lot of people, I kind of look like a 12-year-old boy in the terms of the boob, but a lot of people with women with boobs or men, they <laughs> say this vest is great for just extra support. It's like a double sports bra. So this is one thing that I, so I used to have, and I love Harrier as a make as well, but I bought their vest, did all my measurements and I bought it and see the way it clips in, right? I've got quite a big bust and it basically makes you look like I've got like four boobs. It just, and it also sits them like, and kind of squishes them forward, which is a bit much yeah. for a piece. Like I'm not Jessica Rabbit running down Glasgow Green here. It's not put them on show or mm-hmm. I don't feel I don't feel super busty I mean when I put don't get me wrong when I put the water in there's times when I'm like it's like a milkmaid <laughs> you know and I kind of look at them going 
this looks funny. I feel much more supported and held in with, mm-hmm. with that base. So that's for me as a woman and a you know with a bust, it definitely mm-hmm. helps. Well, as a woman with no bust, I'm like, yeah, let's fill up those water bottles to the brim and let's just pretend for a few miles. <laughs> Number two. What is your post-run guilty pleasure? So I don't tend to get super hungry after a run right away. But, I mean, it's got to be like the... If it, if it was a big event, it's like pizza and Prosecco. If it's just a long run, it's probably face plant the couch for the rest of the day. Face <laughs> plant? If I wasn't a weirdo and shrivel up and die after a race, I would love to join you for a pizza <laughs> and Prosecco. Number three. Could you recommend to me... A podcast it doesn't have to be a running one or a fitness one. It can be any podcast that you listen to. One that I'm listening to just now, not running, and it's called Go Love Yourself. So it's Laura Adlington and Lauren Smith. And it's really about, they're two um, plus size women. And they talk about basically a lot of their own experience with their body. And I suppose just like, how society treats people of people that are different as well. Um, but I find it really inspirational to listen to. And as a mum of two girls, it's it's something that I really want to learn more about, like how we talk about things, like how people talk about diets and losing weight and cheat days and being good and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to eat different meals. I don't I don't want to do that. So I find this podcast just a real it's a real eye-opener and it's made me think of the way how I talk and when I hear people talk about it I go is that really is we still doing that like are we still you know talking about our image and how that defines our worth so I think that's all they talk about you're much more interesting than how you look you know there's there's so much more about you than how you look on the outside yeah. and how other people perceive that. So yeah, that's it. I'm loving that just now. So that is a huge recommendation. That sounds like a really good one, actually. I, that was something I'd like to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely going to have a listen to that one. So thank you for that recommendation. Um, Number four is a scenario-based question. So here's your scenario. You are about to embark on a 30-kilometer run and apart from water, you can only put one other thing in your vest. What would it be? That's tough. Can I get two? Because <laughs> I like you, maybe. I'm much more of a real food person running. I'm not, I'd take a gel, but like not a huge gel person. So I'd probably take a banana. I got into bananas after watching like Kaylee, the happy diet. I mean, I like bananas before she didn't introduce me to bananas, for God's sake. But um she does talk a lot about the benefits of eating bananas on your run with the potassium and all this stuff. But if I was allowed to change the water, I would have active root or a, like an like a high five energy water rather than just plain water. Right. And the last question, number five, is a piece of expert advice to anyone who might be running their next, uh, their first ever marathon in the next few months or next year. <laughs> Should have revised, should have revised. Um, take the pressure off. That's That probably applies for so much. Take the pressure off yourself on time, on what you think you should feel at the end, everything. Just get your training in 
and take any outside pressures, your inside pressures off you because I think you'll have a much better experience without anything else to think about. There's too much going on with a marathon with your training that you don't need all that extra pressure that you're putting on yourself. So take the pressure off and good luck. You're going to need it. That That is the best piece of advice though because the pressure in my case doesn't make diamonds it makes for really shit running completely i've never known anybody to put so much pressure on themselves and went oh god that paid off Mm -hmm. like it's the the runs if you ask any runner who has had any sort of experience of a, a race or two and went put one pressure on you and one pressure off. And the bet you they say, the one that they didn't put the pressure on themselves was the better event. They felt mm-hmm. better. Okay, they might not have got a better time, but in general, they've maybe came back, came away from it thinking, well, I've, I never ever got my time, but I also had a great experience. I met people. I soaked up the atmosphere. No, and I think that's very good advice, very sound advice. And I, for one, will be taking that on board when I try and run my first marathon, for sure. You absolutely will run your first marathon. And I'll just be there egging you on because can't get away from me now, Alex. I've got my claws into you now. Pizza and Prosecco. That would be so good, wouldn't it? But I've had so, so much fun talking to you. I just knew that I was going to have a good time chatting to you. So have you enjoyed your time on the Girls Run Club? I absolutely have. I mean, you always have a bit of nerves before you start anything because you think, Mm. but again, I never had to worry because this was just amazing. So thank you so much. It's been such a good episode. I can't wait for people to hear this one. Thank you to all the amazing listeners who chose to invest their time in today's episode. If you like what you heard, please make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review, and most importantly, recommend the podcast to friends and family. To keep updated, head over to the podcast Instagram profile at the Girls Run Club. But for now, I thank you again for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next time on the Girls Run Club.